Hey, you're listening to Lightning Rounds. This is the podcast where we get to talk all things Bible, culture, and life. And you, the listener, get the opportunity to ask us honest questions. And you get the most honest responses you will ever hear. Especially from Andrew. Just candid. Yeah. In the history of answering. These are the most honest I can do. <laughs> but I'm one of the hosts. My name is Zach. And I got Mr. Andrew Newman. Andrew Newman right next to me. Today we are super stoked. Super blessed. Too blessed. To be stressed. Today. <laughs> And the reason is because here at church, there are three guys, all right, that are the MVPs of what happens here every week. They, they, their job title is get stuff done. That's just what their job title is. And that's exactly what they did. The stuff that gets done is done by them. It's, they're yeah. the getter done. The <laughs> getter done. Get her done. <laughs> and they, yeah, they work harder probably than all of us combined. We, yeah. And uh, th- sorry, this isn't an uber Christian reference to the Trinity, these three, but they are a Trinity of some sorts. The, uh, the Trinity of audiovisual. Yes. <laughs> All things was, audio. Was that heretical? Maybe just a little bit of apologies. <laughs> <Borderline. laughs> no, why don't you welcome with us today our AV team, Josh, Michael, and Brandon. We are here. <laughs> We've come. I wish that you guys listening could see the amount of effort that went into d- today's episode because having the AV be your guests, the AV team be your guests, I mean, we've won up to our game. Oh, yeah. Last week, was, we were like at Walmart. Today, <laughs> we're, at, we're at Target we're at, and Best Buy. Mm, Target. Target. The French version yeah, of Target. Exactly. We're in Chip and Joanna Gaines up in here. Oh, come on. Magnolia home? <laughs> What can I, I say we get things done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but guys, welcome to the podcast. We have been wanting to have you guys on for a while. Welcome. How are you guys feeling today? Good. For me, it's not used to being on this side of the microphone. Yeah. Well, it's on the other side, so yeah. it's kind of awkward for me, for sure. <laughs> well said. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> that third voice was Michael. <laughs> yes. That's me. It's like the third time I've heard Michael talk. <laughs> uh, no, but we love these guys. And um, if you've seen them, you guys probably get mis- mistaken as brothers more than you would like uh, to admit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People think I'm Josh and they thank me for all I oh, do. Oh, yeah, that's true. With the AV team. I've had I've had uh, one of Andrew's friends come up and give me a big hug from the backside. <laughs> oh, thinking I was Andrew. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. And he's like, "Oh, you're not Andrew." Let me just say that I don't welcome that either. Like, <laughs> it's not one of my favorite things. I was like, "Whoa, please, yeah. hug Andrew from from the behind." No, <laughs> like <laughs> surprise him. He loves surprises. I don't, I don't like to be manhandled, <laughs> especially from. Behind. Yeah, but if there's one thing that all really all of us in this room have in common it's beards it is indeed god bless amen god bless some has some have nicknamed you three the bearded brethren or the bearded banshees oh that too yeah (laughs) Yeah. that was kind of ours 
That is going to lead us into our segment of the day, which I've entitled The More You Beard. The more you Praise God. beard. Nice. <laughs> What we're going to do is we're going to read off some facts about beards, okay? It's kind of like a little play on the more you know, but the more you beard. I like it. So uh, here we go. Starting off with number one. Who's got number one? I've got number one. Brandon has number one. Why don't you read it off, Brandon, and then we'll kind of chit-chat about... So give your opinions, okay? Feel free to talk, AV guys. On yeah. this, this is what podcast is about. So, all right, feel we'll free to share your opinion, share your thoughts and opinions. <laughs> there you go. Your wildest dreams. The more you beard, number one, beards were once prescribed. In the Victorian era, doctors prescribed beards as a way to prevent illness. Back in those days. Doctors reasons that that a thick beard could act as a filter that would help tra- help to trap harmful particles before entering the body through the mouth. Men were encouraged by doctors to grow a beard as needed. <laughs> that's amazing. I like it. That's fantastic. In fact, I think that's why we haven't got COVID. I mean, we have beards. What at one point last year, Michael, you flipped your beard up over your nose and your mouth as a mask. I did. That yeah. was that was very effective. You had a built-in mask. That was very effective. It, it's uh, free and uh, you can breathe through it too. You know, it it smells good too. Oh, so a little, little bit of beard oil. Beard oil. In yeah. there. Beard oil. I feel like beards trap a lot more than uh, particles uh, and germs. Yeah. You know that's. Uh, like leftovers? Like leftovers, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a good crumb catcher, I think is what they yes. call it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of I think the only at. thing that I, I struggle with is uh, the mustache part when you, know, you take a big bite of a burger and... Mm. Get some or some st- barbecue, yeah. some just... Did you get some of the stash in there with it? <laughs> Have you guys ever gotten your mustache stuck between your teeth while eating? Oh, oh that's, yeah. a little, that's oh, a little too much information totally, right there. Yeah. I think we, we, just, we, we might have lost our entire female <laughs> listening <laughs> audience. I will, I'll try Probably once I name this segment, the more you beard. Yeah. Ladies, I'll try and be better. <laughs> if you're out there. Ladies, if you're out there. Mom. All right. <laughs> number two. Let's go on to number two. Who's got number two? I got number two. Michael's got number two. Number two reads, beards can protect against jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. Uh, it says, if you ever find yourself preparing for a long distance competitive swim... <laughs> Consider growing a beard for maximum protection. <laughs> the first man to cycle, swim, and run the entire length of Great Britain, Sean Conway, kept a beard to stop jellyfish from stinging his face <laughs> while in the water. That was amazing. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I didn't need another reason for a beard, but <laughs> this is a, I'll keep this one in mind. <laughs> All I can picture, all I can picture, is just a beard, a man just covered in a beard suit, <laughs> 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 to Dumbledore, long swimming, cycling, running Dumbledore. <laughs> I take comfort in that because I'm always in the ocean, so yeah. I, I just, I take comfort in knowing that my face will never be stung by a jellyfish. You just, you just need to tell your wife that you know you need to let it grow so you right. can cover your feet and legs too. Oh wow. Like a body suit He's of beard. Tell her that you never... <laughs> a wetsuit of beard. It can never be too long, really. Oh, oh it can't. built-in wetsuit. Yeah. Hey, that's true. That, that, that leads into our third one, our third point. It can never mm. be too long. What is, what is our third, the more you beard? 
The world's longest beard was over 17 feet long. <laughs> oh <my laughs> the world, the record of the longest beard ever recorded goes to a Norwegian American man named Hans, and I can't pronounce that. <laughs> Hans Langseth. Langseth. Hans I was going to say something else, but. <laughs> <laughs> In 1927, Lang Seth's beard was recorded at stretching 17 feet long, six or 17 feet and six inches long. Wow! My goodness. I think my first it. question is, how tall was the, was <laughs> yeah. Hans? If he was under five feet, that would be. I wonder if it was Han. Was it Hans Gruber from Die Hard? <laughs> <laughs> it's a descendant. A descendant. A descendant of. I think he was clean shaven. That Dude, tr- he, he had a it? tiny little European. Oh, beard. yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, European beard. It was a Euro Euro beard transfer. I'm not surprised that this man was a Norwegian American. Mm. I'm not surprised. I know. Surprised. When I read that, I was like, hmm, yeah. You're part Norwegian, am I right, Josh? Mm, no. Well, no. No, I don't. I mean, I might, but. Mostly. Everyone's got a little bit. 23 and me. <laughs> so I'm My, just wondering, what do you do with a 17 foot long beard? You gotta like hang that over your shoulder or something, or <laughs> wrap hey, that hey. wrap that around Maybe. your dude like a cape. Throw it over. Like you're a superhero. Oh. A or it became superhero. a kilt. Or it's a kilt. <laughs> you just braid, braid it like. Uh, do you think like it was tangled, a, a woven beard? <laughs> 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 All right, here we go. Moving on. Number four. The more you beard. Number four, men are more likely to compliment your beard than women. Ugh. If you have a beard, you're more likely to get compliments from other men. Mm. Who can't appreciate all the work and care that goes into the upkeep of a well-groomed beard? That is so true on so many levels. <laughs> and from personal experience, it's yeah. terrifying. Share, share with us. When men ask you other... What yeah. beard products you use? Yes, that and like when they look over at you while you're sitting at <laughs> at like the DMV, and they're like, "Hey, man, nice beard." Okay, what about what about <laughs> the guys that really go out and like twist their hair, their beard hair and stuff, and make it like it's hard not to look at those. Does- <laughs> <laughs> Josh, are you? Uh- <laughs> Confessing right now, Wade. It's hard not to look at this. <laughs> I can't look away. It's a struggle. Oh, man. So Josh is uh, his proof. He's yeah, tr- no. He struggles with wanting to compliment <laughs> a man's yeah. beard. No, I don't. I'm sorry, I don't think, sir. I don't think. I don't think I've ever complimented a beard. I just said. I think I have. Radical. I have. I'll, I'll, I've. I, I've seen someone's beard before. I'm like, man, hey. I mean, not a stranger. No. A friend, I've been like, dude, your beard is looking righteous. I think mm-hmm. there needs to be some point of contact and relationship. I, I feel like, but mm-hmm. a stranger, that's yeah. another level. I, I feel like four words do it. It's like, hey man, nice beard. Like, that's plenty. There you go. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> Move on. That's Move it. Along. Move along, little doggy. <laughs> yeah. Long little doggy. But it is true when when one of your brothers comes in with just you could tell they they beard oiled it. They brushed it, and it's just, like, glistening in the sun. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're made in the you image of help, God. Right? You can't help but say, wow. It's like a windy day. Nice it's not beard. moving. <laughs> it's in the face of wind and rain, it mm. remains constant. Oh, my gosh. Hey, all I can say is every picture I've ever seen portrayed of Jesus, he had. Yeah, wow, hair. that's true. another podcast. Sort Does God have a beard? That's another <laughs> podcast. That's another podcast. And the apostles, I mean, they all they yeah. all did. 
That's true. That's hey, true. I have to say though, my wife liked me from a beard. That's yeah. Wow. Right I on. I did shave four months ago. My wife said, "Please don't ever do this no, again." Don't do it again. <laughs> yeah. Please don't ever do this again. You're not, so not single guys, if you're out there listening, you know what to do. <laughs> don't don't compliment other men's beers. <laughs> Instead, grow your own. Grow your own. Grow your own. Stop complimenting and grow your own. We should get a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> don't okay. compliment. All right, number five. Number last, three. the last of the more you beard. All right, the more you beard. Some beards are worth one million dollars. Wow. <clears throat> Billy Gibbons and Dusty Hill from the band ZZ Top have turned down offers of $1 million to shave off their beards. That is dedication. Gibbons has reported that the famous razor brand Gillette offered this significant amount of money both of these men to shave off their iconic beards for a promotional event. But both men turned down the offer and opted to keep their beloved beards instead. Wow. Wow. Oh, $1 million to shave your beard. Hmm. You know, I don't know if I have that kind of. Can you put a price? Can I put a price on, on a razor? <laughs> on a clean what face. What goes through your head when that when you get that offer? When that when it comes in the mail, you're like, I, yeah. people want me to <laughs> <laughs> do what? <laughs> do what now? How dare you? <laughs> I mean, not ha- not you know. I think these guys have a million dollars, so they're like, true. Eh. That's true. But to someone yeah. who doesn't have a million dollars, oh gosh. And could grow a beard in four months or like mm-hmm. a half. It'll one, come back, yeah. right? Yeah, it comes back. It's a solid income. I feel like <laughs> once every four months. <laughs> it's a solid. Income. It's solid. I make one million dollars every four months. Every four months. I work four times a year. Hey. Passive income. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty good gig. Unless you call growing a beard work, which I would say that most of my effort goes towards that. It's oh true. yeah, that's for sure. sure. Exuding manliness from my face. Is yes. That's take, that takes it, hard work and dedication. I got to say, though, would Michael do it? Michael, I think, has had the beard the longest. No. Mm. Definitely would. not. So you have a million-dollar beard. You have a million-dollar beard right there. So you have a beard right now. I don't know. I'd have to pray about it. Gillette. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> Gillette has just offered If Gillette you. offered me money, I probably wouldn't do it. Really? Wow. Really? That is... But because I would, tech, that is in, that's I'm in, willing to take off. That's integrity. I would do it. That's beard for a million dollars. That's that's integra beard. How would integrity. how would how would you explain that to your friends? Like, how did you get all this money? How did you get this nice car? Oh, I just shaved my face. <laughs> They'd say, was it worth what, it? What kind could, of answer is that? I don't know. I, I mean, it, I couldn't tell anybody. I'd be like, I, I, no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to explain myself. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. <laughs> That'd be a cold morning you'd wake up to. Oh, very cold. cold I couldn't go swimming in the ocean. <laughs> no, because you could get stung by jellyfish. <laughs> Repeat. True. Nothing to fuck. You couldn't go through. Have to be afraid of. I'd get have stung to by jellyfish. So I'd catch COVID all in one day. Yeah. For a million dollars. <laughs> not worth it. Not worth it. And yeah. you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have leftover snacks in your beard. That's true. That's true. You can uh, go so how do you make it through Sunday mornings without those snacks? Yeah. Right? Wow. I think it's very true, theologically accurate, to say that um, beards are <clears throat> definitely gospel-centered christocentric <laughs> yeah actually andrew yeah you're reading a book right now yeah called bearded gospel men 
Mm. And it's men throughout history that were mightily used by God, and all of them had beards. The subtext, or like the sub title, the subtitle of the book, is the quest for manliness and godliness. Wow! My wife got it for me for Father's Day. I thought it was a joke. I have learned so much from this book. It's fantastic. It's great. Yeah. G.K. Chesterton. Oh yeah. Um, he said, "You cannot grow a beard. Uh, a moment of passion does not grow a beard." It is patience wow. and time. Wow. It was just like some great quotes. Some Man, wisdom. Put, put that one on the wall. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> on the mirror. Every time, <laughs> time you think about shaving. A beard is, yeah, beard is not grown in That's a how you passion. respond to Gillette, dude. GK <laughs> 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 <you> Chesterton. GK <laughs> Chesterton once said. <laughs> a beard oh is my gosh, that's funny. Wow. Well, yeah. Spurge. Well, there you go. If you if you want to increase your beard knowledge and your gospel centered uh, witness, mm. get that book. Get that book. It's what, been great. One more time, the title. Got uh, bearded gospel men. Bearded gospel mm. men. I think I need that book. Um, hey. Yeah, I think we all do. I think we need to start a <laughs> yeah. a group, a small group. Book club. Andrew loves small groups. Bearded book club. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Bearded book club. Oh. Start a new podcast after them all. We'll talk about the bearded book. that kind of transitions really well into our honest question of the day our honest question of the day was sent in by one of you listeners actually before i read this question i wanted to share this quote from you guys for you guys and then i'll read this question all right okay cool so this says a study conducted by lifeway research found that 80 percent of those who attend church one or more times a month believe they have a personal responsibility to share their faith yet despite this conviction 61 percent have not told another person about how to become a Christian in the past six months. Three quarters of churchgoers say they feel comfortable in their ability to effectively communicate the gospel, while 12% say they don't feel comfortable telling others about their faith. And the survey has also asked how many times they have personally invited unchurched people to attend a church service or some other program. Nearly half, 48% of church attendees responded zero. 33% of the people say they've personally invited someone one or two times, and 19% say they've done so on three or more occasions in the last six months. With that, the question that uh, one of our listeners asks says, what is the best way to go about sharing my faith with family, friends, strangers, etc., when I'm still learning and growing in my walk with the Lord? Even though I might not know all the answers, but I still have the desire to be obedient to the call of the Great Commission. I started off with that quote because, um, first of all, it astounded me. I was like, yeah, wow. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Wow. That's sobering. But I, I think this is a good subject. Really thankful for whoever sent this in. This is a great subject to talk about. And not just talk about, but live <laughs> live <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. Live out. Yeah, guys. What, what are the best ways to go about sharing your faith with family, friends, strangers? I feel like I feel like there's so many uh so many different ways you can go with uh with each one, you know. The cool part about the question, I mean, it, 
you know, when he's like, even though you don't know all the answers, uh, I don't know all the answers either, but <laughs> really, uh, <laughs> no, like, I feel like there's, there's like a good desire to, to have. And I think that's really one of the things I would say is really precious to keep for me. You know, I've, I've grown up in the church, so it's like, there is that like time where you get to the point where you're like, oh, I want to have that desire again to share. And so, yeah, like sharing, sharing with strangers and sharing with family members and friends is, it's all like a little different you know, with each, with mm. each, I think, group of people. So one of the, one of the things I, I kind of wrote down just, just thinking about it was um, like, like that person responded to the gospel, like you're saved. So mm. in a, in a, in a set, in essence, you, you do know, like the gospel is simple, like children, children can understand it. So I think that that's the coolest part is just to be able to understand like your own testimony and your own, like how did God affect your life because that's what that's i think that's what will affect so many people around you is like like what happened to you yeah yeah i think you bring up a good point michael and it's one of the things that i i wrote down i think one of the first things that you i think one of the primary things before you you share your faith with anyone whether it be family strangers or friends i think you have to have a grasp of the gospel right Mm -hmm. you have to understand um understand the gospel and i think i mean first off you have you have to receive the gospel and accept the gospel and right. i mean if you've experienced it you have an understanding of it right. though it is a mysterious thing right. that god would give us his righteousness for our sins and that mm-hmm. that he that exchange through faith and by grace and though it can be difficult to understand in that sense of like man lord why would you love us this much why would you um but it, but it is a it is a simple subject to right. understand how would how would maybe one of you guys explain uh, in it in its simplicity? I think of grasping the gospel. I think I I agree with what you say because each one of us, if we are saved, we do understand the gospel, right? But we I think we overcomplicate it in our heads when it comes to going to tell somebody else. Uh, I think about even like when I would go to say evangelize uh, at my school or go to talk to someone I'd, I'd all, in my head I'd be thinking like okay well what if I what if I miss something what if I don't fully exp- what if it doesn't make sense what if what if they ask a question I don't have the answer to it and I think um, there's that cheesy saying that we always have in church but I, I think it's really good in this regard uh, God doesn't call the equipped but he equips the called mm-hmm. and we are all called right the 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 great commission we're called to go preach the gospel um to all nations so i think we overcomplicated it and in light of that if you just simplify it like there one thing that helped me there's this uh i read this book called what is the gospel by it was put out by an organization called nine marks and it's just a short little book but it it just breaks down like what is the gospel and you broke it down into four points who is god who is man who is jesus and what is our response mm. and those those four points they're very simple it's easy to remember you can keep it in your head and you can use that to guide your conversations no matter if you're talking to <coughs> your family your friends strangers no matter how who you're talking to as long as you can fit those four mm. points into your presentation of the gospel, you're going to, it's simple. It's just four things to remember. So, um, 
that's something that's really helped me. I, I used to just be so afraid to go out and um, share the gospel. And I think, obviously, to a certain extent, we all you know still have a certain amount of fear um, in doing that. But those four points really helped me. And that's, um, right, who is God? Right, there, there is a God, the creator of the universe. He created everything that we see, you and me. Um, he's perfectly holy. He's perfectly just. And because he's holy... He can't have he he can't allow sin in his presence, right? And because he's just, he has to punish sin, and that leads into the next. Who is man? Who are we? Created by God in His image, but we are sinful. Mm. Yeah. And um, because of our sin, we're cut off from Him, right? He, and He has to punish us. But that leads into who is Christ? Christ is God who came to this earth. He He lived that life that we couldn't live. He died he, in our place. He took the punishment that we deserved and made a way for us to be um, one with God again, right? Yeah. Be in his presence. And then what is our response? And the response would be faith and repentance. We see that all throughout the Bible. So I, th- for me personally, those four points, having those in the back of my mind anytime I'm reaching out to someone that maybe a friend that I... Um, you know, from school or whatever that I know that, that I know is not saved or a family member or even someone that I just come in contact with, a stranger on the street or while I'm out surfing or whatever, whatever it is, when I'm having that conversation, just leading leading the way through those four points and expounding on each one and, and however which way I want to do that, um, I think that's helped me a lot because it's really simplified. It's like, God, man, Jesus responds. There's, there's only four things to remember, so... I think for me, that's what's been super helpful. Yeah. Especially with like, I think family is how you live your life. Mm. I know my family, they think a lot of the family that aren't believers think they're good people. They, you know, they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to heaven. You know, most, most of Americans do think that. But so many times, especially in my family, it's been, why are you guys different? You, you know, you go through this trial and you, you react to it differently than someone who's not a believer. You have faith beyond what you can see. And for us, for me, it's, it's always been like just being that example, that consistent example of Christ. And we, we drop the ball all the time, but, you know, as much as we can, you know, just um, <clears throat> living out your faith. I know, yeah. I know for us, like a lot of my, da- my dad's employees one of the guys came from Mexico City and wanted nothing to do with the Lord. Like, he came out of, like, a gang. And and it was just, you know, my dad tried to share the gospel with him. And I was a lot younger, so I, I didn't really know how to share with a, a, an adult. But, you know, I would talk to him occasionally. But most of it was just, when he ended up coming to Christ, it was, he goes, it was just, it was, you guys showed Christ's love to me. Wow. Regardless 
of the circumstance or the situation he was in. Mm. And a lot of times that's kind of what it's been for me, especially growing up in, you know, in the church and my family's believers. And I've had a lot of friends that are believers and I was homeschooled. So, you know, talk about a Christian bubble. (laughs) (laughs) So I just, I was always around it. And so the way that, you know, for me was that I really kind of found that it was being an example and loving people unconditionally, Mm. you know, and and just showing Christ's love where you can. I mean, that uh, that happened yesterday at church. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's crazy. Yeah. So, so we're setting up for church and this guy comes up and he goes, wow, this is a lot of, a lot of work you guys do too bad. It's for nothing. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I don't even know that God exists right now. I just, I lost my house. I lost my job. I lost everything. I slept on the street last night. And I was like, well, you know, and I'm in the middle of like set up for church. (laughs) So talk about like not being ready to present the gospel (laughs) in any way. And so, you know, getting up at four and just anyway. So I I just kind of was straight with him. I just said, hey, look. Whether you believe God exists or not, I, I'm walking proof of Christ's love in my life, in, in so many other lives that I've witnessed and seen just God's love and God being real. And I said, God does love you. He did die for your sins. And it's you needing to accept that gift if you want to be a believer. And we kind of dialogued back and forth. And he's like, yeah, well, you know. And I'm like, look, we're having church at 10. Would you come back? And he goes, well, I don't know. And I was like, bro, can I pray for you then? So I just kind of took the time to pray. And after we were done praying, he goes, you know what? He's like, I I will come back. You've showed me more love than I've had from, and he grew up in the, in the, um, LDS. Yeah. Yeah, he grew up he grew up in the LDS church and he mm-hmm. goes I they've never shown me this love was conditional and he goes mm-hmm. you've taken the time and shown me that mm-hmm. you care about me regardless of my circumstances and so he came back and uh he kind of sat near the booth um security was having a fun day with that <laughs> but I was like you know, there was that person <clears throat> Excuse me. There was that personal connection, and so that's kind of why I was trying to, yeah, you know, be there. I didn't want him to just sit out wherever, and so for sure he. Uh, I kind of looked back at him when John gave the altar call, and I said, "Hey, bro, like, what's God telling you? What's God speaking to you?" He's like, "Oh, I don't know. It's just everything that was shared goes against what I've been brought up in," and I was like, "You know, I'm busy mixing, so I kind of didn't really, I wasn't." I was like, hey, if you want to go forward, tap me on the shoulder, let me know. But I did, really didn't have time to dialogue at that moment with him. <laughs> I felt bad. I felt yeah. really bad because, like, I'm, I'm doing a job. Well, you're doing but your I'm job. Also, you're also like, on the job. You're at work, yeah. I'm also trying to, like, minister. Yeah. And so, and I just, I kind of, I just sat there. Or I just sat there as I was mixing. I prayed. I said, Lord, like, tug on his heartstrings. If, if you want him to go forward, he'll tap me on the shoulder. And literally not even five seconds later, he tapped me on the shoulder and said, Hey, I need to go forward. Wow. And so I went forward with him. Come on. Um, you know, and he kind of, he hung out with me kind of through the rest of the day, came to Sunday night service and he goes, man, this wasn't the day that I was expecting. Wow. He goes, I, 
you guys have showed me so much love and compassion. It's like, he goes, I don't even know what, he goes, again, he's like, love at my old church was conditional. And so, it's crazy. And, and you know, it's funny, because Michael and I were on vacation last week, and both of us were kind of talking, we're like, where's that balance of, like, doing our jobs and being, you know, sound engineers and video and all that, but then also, like, being able to share the gospel at church. You know, I, I think the hardest thing for me and I think you, Michael, also kind of felt this way. But just, you know, John will have us in staff meeting and we'll share, hey, what, what would God do this week? And, and, and obviously there's always something God is doing. But a lot of times for me, I come back to, well, service went well on Sunday and people got <laughs> saved. and it sounded great. It sounded great. And <laughs> I had no worked. sound complaints. Yeah. <laughs> you know, most of the time people dialogue with us. It's like, you know, we'll get people that'll come back and be like, oh, thank you for everything you do. But most of the time it's, it's too loud. <laughs> do this, do that. Yeah. And so after a while, you know, you just kind of start to go, well, I guess what God has me doing is setting, the, us doing is setting the groundwork for pa- you pastors mm to share the gospel. But then there's always that desire in you that's like, I would like to be able to have a story mm. like that yeah. uh, for staff meeting to share and be like, man, Lord, like that was really cool what you did this weekend and you used this. Mm-hmm. And not even a week after I told Michael that. Days later. Days later, yeah. like it's crazy. God just did it. Yeah. Which is gnarly. Wow. And, and it, was, it was this weird thing too of like, okay, do I leave my position of what I'm doing? And, and I thought about it. I was like, you know what? Yeah. Like this, this is what we're here for. This is yeah. sharing the gospel. This is ministering to people. This yeah. is showing, all about. showing yeah. people love. And in his yeah. case, there was a need for love, but there was also practical needs too that kind of needed to be met. You know, like he, he needed a water bottle. Yeah. He thought he was gonna have to sleep on the street last night because he didn't have a place to, and luckily God worked it. I prayed that God would work it out and he did. But, you know, I was like, hey, bro, let's go to Target, get you a water bottle. You know, I bought him lunch and breakfast. And so, you know, it was just, it was one, it was really cool. There was those practical needs that needed to be met. But also, Mm. again, it was just love. It was going out of your way and going above and beyond for somebody. to say about like like when we are saved and like when we're transformed by the gospel it does change our conduct it does change our outlook on what matters like what's valuable what's not and so i think you know i there's a there's a verse i think i wrote it down Uh, oh yeah matthew 13 it was jesus talking and he goes even a prophet is not without honor except in his own country in his own house and so i feel like sometimes for me that's like a even Jesus went through it where like his family and his friends, sometimes they, uh, they like don't, they see you in one way, Mm. but when you're transformed by the gospel, it's like this, it's this, it's this thing you're trying to explain it. And you're like, Oh man, everything is, (laughs) the world's upside down, but it's actually right side up. Mm -hmm. I think like what happened yesterday, just like the, you know, cause he was saying, he was talking to me, we were, we were having lunch and he was like, yeah, I've, he had like an art studio. He's like, I'm used to being around all this technology. And he's like, wow, this is a lot of work. And so, did, so, for, so he, he, he kind of had that like inclination of like knowing like, wow, you guys, 
but then to see how we were like, well, what, what do you need? Like, yeah. let's, mm. you know? And so th- it was really cool to see that, um, mm. him just be able to receive that. Yeah. That's super cool. I think it's so much of what Jesus did too is relational. Yeah. I think yeah. Re- relationship based gospel sharing is rad. Yes. So mm-hmm. where like the, if you go to the same Starbucks or you go to the same coffee shop, it's not by, it's not by chance that you have the same person handing you a cup of coffee. Yeah. And through that, you kind of create this, this bridge of, of contact where now you have a relationship. And I think that's been for me and my family, um, meaning my wife and my kids through, um, this past few years, I've got to share the gospel more with people who are non-believers and not a part of a church at all. Not a part of like our, our immediate ministry because my kids play sports mm. within the city. And, um, my wife and I were just, we wanted our kids to play sports cause we thought it'd be fun. But we realized like you, you make connection through families and your kids. And then all of a sudden through that relationship, you start talking about like, what do you do? Or, you know, mm-hmm. I know what, what, what are you guys doing on Sunday and all this stuff. And, <laughs> and you get to invite people to church. So everything that we do has an element of which we can bring the gospel and look for a bridge. I think everything that you do, look look for a bridge for the yeah. gospel. Yeah, right. But it's like that commonality of surfing, yeah. and you see the same guy surfing the same spot. Well, there's there's this common like common love, and you find a common ground. That's what Paul talked about, and I think it's First Corinthians nine, is finding or Second Corinthians nine, First Corinthians nine. It's one of those. It's one or two, but finding that common ground. And so that you can bring the gospel. It's a bridge for the gospel. Mm-hmm. So I think with friends, with strangers, I think having some kind of relationship or some kind of commonality within it mm-hmm. is a great bridge for the gospel. Yeah. And you don't have to know everything. Amen. Because most people, I think a lot of times we think people know so much when really they don't, they have no real baseline of gospel or God anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a girl in our church the first time she ever heard the gospel living in Southern California in Riverside. First time she ever heard it. She was 22 years old. It's the first time she ever heard about Jesus and the gospel. Yeah. So don't, I, I think just to encourage you, don't, don't let your mind create a reality for these people that, that doesn't exist Yeah, and just step into mm-hmm. it, throw yeah. seed. I mean, that's what we're yeah. called to do. Yeah. And, and so you don't know what kind of ground it's going to land on. Just keep throwing seed. And mm-hmm. um, you won't reap anything if you don't sow anything. Yeah. So, come on. Look well, for those opportunities. And yeah. so, and sometimes, like, the only opportunity you get to share with someone is, hey, Jesus loves you. Yeah, yeah. That's that's <laughs> all the time that you the have. Gospel. Yeah, that is the gospel. And yeah. you know, if you can get in, Jesus loves you, and then Christ died for you. Yeah. Then you know that's like the second part. Yeah. <laughs> if you can if you yeah. get that, and you're good. But yeah, yeah I just. I, I like the relationship, the relationship side of it because I, I think that's where I feel more comfortable. I, I like building yeah. relationships with people. It's it's more it's, frightening for me to share with someone I don't know because then it feels like, hey, I need to like study up and be ready to share all mm-hmm. these things. And you know, in those instances, yeah. all I keep coming back to is, hey, Jesus loves you and died for you. Yeah. But then, you know, as you build relationships, you get to kind of go deeper. You share personal experiences. Yes. But I've also had it where, like, opening up like that can really backfire on you, too. Where people, like, use you. You know, I had someone tell me last night, um, 
about the guy that got saved. He's like, just be really careful because, you know, they could just be using you to get what they need. And then once you stop giving it to them, you know. So, you know, it's just it's being discerning for sure. Yeah. But it kind of freaked me out yesterday because I was like, oh, man. Like, yeah. But in one sense, like, who cares? Yeah, and that but, too. But, yeah, I, like I mean, being, the, the being call- expended for the gospel. Yeah, you I, know, and and the Bible says that God's word doesn't return void. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, yeah. I don't know. I just I was wrestling with that yesterday. Yeah, and I think that's a fear that everyone has, like of that. But the call for us, I um, mean, you know, that's one of the things that I wrote down. Converts aren't the sign of successful evangelism. Yeah. The sign of a fe- um, of successful evangelism is: Are you telling people the good news? The result is up to God. Yeah, we're just called, like Andrew said, to throw the seed, to throw yeah, the seed yeah. out. We're not. We're, we can't change hearts. We can't pay, bring people from death to life. That's something that only God and the Holy Spirit can do. We're just called to be faithful in telling people the good news, and that, and even and to even love the lost, to love them. Uh, like you were sharing, Josh, about sometimes that means meeting practical needs yeah. um, or living the gospel out in your life. And I've been challenged by this recently, but loving them, even if they reject it, it's so easy to love people. Jesus said, right, how good is it that you love your the people who love you back, yeah, who right. accept you? Yeah. You know, it's he's like, even the heathens do that. Mm-hmm. Even they do that. He said, but he said, you know, but I call you to love your enemies, to bless mm-hmm. those who persecute you and like, like to love those people that might reject the gospel, that might mm-hmm. scam the name of Jesus or blaspheme the name of Jesus, to love them because that's what Jesus was doing as they were, you know, beating him and ripping the beard out of his face and gambling for his clothes and <clears throat> mocking him. I mean, what words of love for him to cry out and say, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing, you know, and to, to love that way. I think when you understand that, Hey, the sign of being successful in this and sharing the gospel isn't converts that frees you up from a lot, because that's the scary part. It's like, well, I don't know if they're going to accept it or not. Or what if they don't, what if they're, it's like, man, that's not up to you. Mm. You can't do that. Yeah. You're just called yeah. to be a faithful servant and deliver the message and meet, like you guys have been saying, meet them where they're at. I think there's beauty in both of those things, and there's be- there's beauty in relational gospel sharing and sharing the gospel through relationships. I think I think at the same time there's beauty in, you know, in those moments of where you feel the Lord leading you to, to talk to go up to a stranger, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, right. kind of like I remember when I was in youth group. We used to do door-to-door evangelism, you know, (laughs) and it was like, and I don't know how much I agree to like whether the effectiveness of that is, but at the same time, you know, like there, there were times where, you know, you like, you knock on someone's door and they're like, all these kids are going crazy in this house. And and you're like, "Uh, can I talk to you about Jesus? (laughs) And they're like, what? And they're like, Hey, be quiet back there. You know, don't draw on that wall. Don't do, you know, they're like, it's like, you know, there are times where it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't work. But then, I mean. But there are times where it God meets you, mm. you know, like Philip in the Ethiopian eunuch. Like he's yeah. a stranger. You never just, know where people are yeah. at. Yeah, you never know where people are at. Like the guy that came yesterday, you know what I mean? Like some people are, are – and I think that's the reality that I think all of us as Christians, we need to get out of our heads. This, Like you said, Andrew, this false reality of like mm-hmm. everybody hates Jesus and they're going to come at me with all these questions that I won't be able to answer. Yeah. And I think the reality is is that people are hurting 
People in the world are broken, they're hopeless, and they're looking for hope. Yeah. They're yeah. looking for love. Especially right now. Yeah, especially right now. They're scared. Yeah. They don't they're looking for something beyond themselves. And we as Christians have the answer. Yeah. We have the antidote to sin. You know, and uh, yeah. we, we carry life. We carry light in yeah. this dark world. And so I think more than often than not, when we step out, we step out to people who are looking for that. Not to mm-hmm. people who are like, oh, get out of here. Who do you think you are? Don't you know that I have it all figured out already? Like, <laughs> yeah. more, more often than not, people are, who are honest are like, actually, yeah. I, I don't have it all figured out. Well, you know what's funny, too, is I feel like that, res- at least for me, that response of like, you know, the people like asking you questions and, and, and like having basically trying to trap you come from family or people that know you. Yeah. You know, it's like if you go talk to someone that you've never met, it's there's a different dynamic there for sure. Because you know, I, I have a half sister, her her husband, super intelligent, you know, intelligent and read through the Bible like multiple times, but it never penetrated his heart. And he was always the person that would be like, well, the Bible says this, and, you know, and you always had to have an answer. And it's like, bro, like. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you anymore. Like, I feel like you're just coming at me just to come at yeah. me. Hmm. So they just want to pick a fight. Almost. Yeah. yeah. They just want to debate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so with that, you know, people that you share with people that you don't necessarily know aren't might not necessarily, I mean, they can, but more often than not, when I've talked to people, they come with more of a, I just want to know and not a, I'm going to trap you with these questions. Yeah. And I find too, as you talk with people, you put yourself out there like the spirit does move. Yeah. You know, through you. Like that was me yesterday. I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. And <laughs> I, the, the Lord just was working through me. It was the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Like I just, mm-hmm. like this, this mountaintop experience. Like, oh, like I can really describe it. Like, yeah. I think that's the beauty of it too is like when you, when you pray, it's like, hey, Lord, just give me the words. Like whenever, right. whenever, you know, someone comes up to the booth or you're out doing something, just give me the right give me the right words fill, fill me with your spirit and uh i think one of the things too that's kind of humbling for me um just thinking about it as we were talking is like when it comes to the gospel when it comes to these things we don't we don't have um really anything to be like afraid of like like there's no no higher authority than than this like mm-hmm. this is the word of god this is this is truth and so just how it's affected us and how we see it affect uh, like the people around us, you know, I think we can come into that. Cause like, you know, with like, I think certainly with like Josh, you were saying with like friends and family, like they might know you or come at you with like a certain thing. And it's, and it's tough to, cause you do get, it does get into your head and you're kind of like, Oh man, like you kind of run in circles and you're like, I don't know. And then, um, I mean, I've seen it a couple of times where you're talking with somebody and like something that you say, and you're like, I don't even know. You're just, and then they're like, wait what say that again (laughs) you know and sometimes it's it's those kind of things where it's just like knowing the truth and just saying like you know maybe just saying it in a certain way or just how how god uses the simple things to Mm. confound the wise that's that's a proverb and that's really really powerful but yeah just coming at it with like there's this like weird like it's it's simple but there's there's no higher authority than that than what than what there is so like whether I know for me, there's some people in, 
in my family that have sort of this like theological knowledge of stuff and i'm like well i <laughs> i wish i knew some of that right um or or at least part of it you know maybe not all of it but <laughs> just, just yeah. a little bit but but like there there is that but when it comes to mm. how it transforms your life like what what does that actually yeah what does it actually do you know yeah um and so I, th- I think that's, that's yeah. kind of it. And good theology, this might be a tangent, but good theology doesn't save you. Like you right, think of the thief right. on the cross. Yeah. Like what theology did he have? Right. Other than confessing the Lord and believing in his heart. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, I think that's a good thing to remember too. Cause it, you know, sometimes yeah. you're like, Whoa, yeah. I need to know all these answers in order to impart that. And it's like, in reality, like knowledge doesn't save you. Right. You could give them the answer that they're looking for, but what they need is like, yeah. what, going back to the beginning, what you were saying, those four points, Brandon, is their response needs to be, you know, faith. Mm-hmm. It needs to be a believing heart and confession by faith, you know. know sometimes for me like you'll see certain things or see, see certain like maybe maybe a post or something and you're like okay this is how i'm gonna do it yeah yeah <laughs> this is the strategy this is the way this is how it's gonna happen but that's not probably true at all yeah. <laughs> and so just you know I, th- I think you know it's again it's kind of a tangent but like being faithful and just and being there and being relational Amen. will, will yeah. be Amen. will be uh, I think fruitful yeah. more yeah. than like mad strategies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think anytime anyone comes with a question, like say they say you're witnessing and they're like, well, "What do you think? What about this?" They have to answer the same question. So, so I think when they ask right. you, if you don't know, just say, "I don't know." It's okay to say, "I don't know." Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And be like, well, I'll, I'll find out. Let me yeah. ask my pastor because I, I don't really know the yeah. answer to that, but I'll do my best to find out. Um, can I get your email? And I'll email you the answer. Or, two, you just kind of ask, if they say, well, what about this? Well, I don't know. What do you think about that? Because they, too, have to answer those questions. Right. So right. why does – it's always like the Christian has to have an answer to this. So does every other person. What happens to you when you die? Um, so what is your answer to that? And a lot of times that creates the conversation, just puts it back on them to think through what they actually believe. And when they start to spout off what they believe, this is, again, here's inroads into the gospel. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you know, the Bible actually talks about this. Mm. And, and, and then you just give them what you do know. Um, Zach says it all the time, like, pray what you got, preach what you got, like, just mm. give people what you have, because you can't give people what you don't have. Amen. So, um, except from you know, the power of the Holy Spirit, but yeah. Well, it's funny. We were watching, sorry. We were watching like, uh, the chosen last night. And it was about the guy who got healed at the, at the well. Yeah. And he stands up and he walks and he didn't know his name. <laughs> he didn't have anything. He's like, I'm walking now. <laughs> that's all he had. Yeah. And that's what he said. So that, that was really powerful. Yeah. Simplicity, simplicity yeah. in the gospel. Yeah. Sorry. You're gonna... Oh, I was just going to say too. I like that you bring up even just that dialogue of listening to them because that's a way of showing love too is you're not just someone coming and saying hey you know you're preaching your gospel and or you know preaching the gospel and not caring about them you're 
talking to them and you want to understand where they're at and where they're coming from and what their worldview is. Mm. And when people see that you actually care about what they think and what, you know, yeah. their their idea of the world, they're more apt to one listen to you. Um, and then also you're more equipped in how you preach the gospel to them. Yeah. Because you would probably yeah. preach the gospel a little different to, say, someone like in the LDS or in, you know, a different religion or an atheist, um, yeah. you know, maybe someone on the college yeah. campus or whatever. So I think even just having that dialogue and listening to them really yeah. is a big part of that, too. Yeah, that's key. My, you know, mm-hmm. minding your manners when yeah. you're preaching the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that's key. Yeah. You know, I'm always super encouraged by Paul in the book of Acts. Whenever he went to Jewish synagogues to, like, preach on his missionary journeys, it always says, and I, I don't know why, but it stood out to me so often, is that it says that he'll enter the, he, enter the synagogue and then he'll sit down. Mm-hmm. It's like he didn't go in there and start guns blazing and just start being right. like, I know the gospel, you guys are all false, and let me tell you why you're wrong and why I'm right. And it's like, and right now we live in such an age of outrage where everybody's like, this is why I'm right and this is why you're wrong. And people love to just push that and mm. it's pushed everywhere. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. But I think when you mind your manners and you're like, like Paul was like, he went into a synagogue, he sat down and he mm. waited for the for the 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 rabbi to go okay you're new from here like mm-hmm. are, you, are you like is there anything you'd like to address to us right. he like allowed almost like they invited him mm-hmm. um, to mm-hmm. speak and, and it was and he and that was that's when he was able to share the gospel or when he yeah. you know went to Mars Hill and um, it was different there because they were Greeks and they they didn't grow up with the Torah mm-hmm. so they did so so he came mindfully of his audience too in, in that way and, and you know right brought the gospel in that way saying oh well I saw you guys have a you know an altar to an, the unknown God well that's who I come right. to preach you know he's the God who created the heavens and the earth and he came at a different angle very respectively but very right. manner filled yeah. um, right to them and I think that that's right that's super important and listening yeah. to what people have to say too listening to their story you know that 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 goes because I mean if if you want somebody to talk a lot, ask them about themselves. Yes. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll totally yeah. just go on for days. But I think too, there's not a lot of people that like get the chance to share that, mm-hmm. and they I yeah. think people really respect that when you share that. And too, on on a college campus is where a lot of those conversations have happened for me. And sometimes you'll you'll talk to this you know a student or whatever, and they'll present to you their worldview, which maybe they haven't really thought about these things too much. So it's not so cohesive and it's not so um, well-rounded or whatever um, because that's just not what they're focused on. Um, Or it's contradictory. Right? Yeah. And then they hear you present a worldview that maybe they don't necessarily, they never agreed with before, they never heard before, but it's cohesive and it makes sense and it's, they understand it. Um, Even that, like people are like, wow. I've never really heard this before. I've never thought about this before, but that makes sense. Um, yeah. And even if that's just the seed that's planted, yeah. maybe that's maybe they'll go home and kind of forget about it for a while, but it's still a seed that's planted um, that the Lord will be faithful to follow up on and water, and he'll bring the increase. Amen. All right. Thanks for hanging with us today. <laughs> yeah. AV boys, thank you for coming. And hanging with us. That was sweet. You guys yeah. are rad. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks for making fun. this the most 
production savvy <laughs> recording we've ever had. I wish you could see this. The, the mics that we have and the setup. Is, You're just going to ask us now to be on it yeah, all exactly. the time? <laughs> could you please? I mean, you brought a full soundboard in here. <laughs> we normally just record off a tiny little recorder. This is amazing. I mean, it's on wheels. Yeah, it's, uh, what's that? it's easy it's enough. What's that? Not that. There's an elevator. So. Again, we get things done. That's, that's, that's get, her our job. get her dunners. Get her dunners. Oh, but for you guys listening, thanks for hanging with us too uh, for Lightning Rounds. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone or leave a comment or review or rate. Is that what it is? Can't, they can't comment. Leave your Send your comments to Andrew Newman at... Uh, <laughs> Comment suggestions. Uh, Only ones that are going to build my confidence. No, but if you'd like to send in a question to um, be discussed, uh, you could send that in over Instagram at refuge underscore SJC. And that's where also you can find in a lot of information that's going on at our Young Adults Ministry. There's a lot going on right now. Yeah. At Young Adults Ministry. There's a lot going on. Started the book of Song of Solomon. Wow. Wow. Yep. Nice. Yep. Remember the. You you taught that book already, yeah? Six years ago. Remember that. Yeah, dude. (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) Josh remembers. Josh has a very good memory. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if you're between the ages of 18 and 29 and you want to join us on Thursday nights at 7 in the book of Song of Solomon, Come come on down. We'd love to have you Thursdays, 7 p.m., Calvary San Juan Capistrano. Other than that, any last words, fellas? I was just going to say, I was just going to say, be looking for for people that need Jesus. Be look, be, be ready. I think is what, and, and be aware. You yeah. know, it's so easy to get caught up in your everyday life. Be looking for people that, yeah. that need the gospel today, mm. even if it's just. I'll, I'll never forget. I'll leave it with this, but I'll never forget when Pastor Jim had us go out in the city of San Juan and he's like okay this staff meeting we're just going to go out you're going to just do something for someone yeah you know and that was one of the coolest things like I'll always remember it's being a light in in where you're where God has you yeah yeah for sure so yeah way to bring it back Josh amen come on way to bring it back amen or you can catch us on the next episode of lightning rounds Indeed. indeed let's all sign out peace See you later. See ya. Yeah.